All right, so this is Psychotic Strength again. Um, this is Tyler Toby Townsend. I'm Haley Parker. All right, we got Haley in the house today. Uh, the Psychotic Strength Crew uh, podcast. Today is the 16th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 16th. Okay, and uh, we're interviewing Haley. Um, I know Haley from real estate. Mm-hmm. She was actually showed me and my mother... One of the first houses I've actually looked at. Oh my god, I totally forgot. That is so funny. I remember the sticker that was on the back of your car, which I'm sure Jacqueline made you take off. Oh, shut up. Was it my Jeep? Yeah, like your Jeep. And you... I was like rolling, ro- I was like driving over people or something. Yes. The sticker. Yeah, the, the Jeep was like, uh, or maybe it was a T Rex or something. It was something about. Uh, this is what I think of your stick figure family. Yeah, nobody cares about your stick yeah. figure children. <laughs> so that was that was the first impression I had of you. I thought it was pretty funny, but uh, and I was so confused because Jacqueline had been my mother's realtor. Yeah. For years. Yeah. And then you showed up, and, and I'm like, like I wasn't in the real estate at all, right? Yeah. So I have no idea why the fuck you're here, <laughs> right? Like you're a sh- you were showing agent, or yes. okay. Yeah, I started as a showing agent for Jacqueline. Well, that's not true. I started on my own and then like had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And she kind of said like, do you want to show houses for me? And I'm like, um, yes, anything, like literally anything <laughs> or else I'm going to go back to serving, which there's no problem with that. But I definitely wanted to like make real estate work. So I cooked for like 10 years. So the fact that you were in the service food service industry makes me happy too. We can both appreciate like the servers and the cooks behind the scenes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we're on opposite sides, which always clash, right? But uh, it didn't clash when both sides didn't suck. No. Yeah. Cooks are funny. They're a lot of fun. They are. They're definitely their own breed. That's for sure. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I always hated, I'd say my biggest pet peeve was when a server came back and like, I just told them you guys missed this thing, but they didn't like put it on the ticket. Oh my God. Yeah. Can you make this real quick? I'm like, sure. I'll make it. Boop. Like I just, you're at the end of the fucking line. You did that? All the time. That's bullshit. Yeah. Like I'd be upset if, if, so there's one thing coming back and being like, Hey, I fucked this up. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Can you help me out? Mm -hmm. But if I find out you're blaming us. Yeah. For your mess up, I'm mad. So I never blame the cooks, but I always said, I don't know what's taking so long. Right. And then I would like punch it in and tell, um, what's the line cook's name? Do you know what they're called? Which There's one? like a specific, the guy the who puts line? everything on the, or the tray. Expo. The expo. Yeah. I would tell him, and his name was Victor, and he'd always be like, Are you fucking kidding me, yeah. Haley? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, Where did happened. you work? Uh, Red Robin. Red Robin. Yeah. That's fast pace. Yeah, 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 definitely. But you made great money and um Servers yeah. do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Did. They do. So at those places it's funny because servers seem to make sorry, I'm sitting on that, uh, make a lot more money at turn and burners. Yeah. Right? Which is kind of what I'd call the Red Robin. Um, yes. so I'm like culinary degree. So I was actually a chef, like in a couple really nice spots in oh. Portland. Um and I always say that everybody's like, Oh, like the five star places in Portland. Five star Portland is still three star everywhere else, right? Wait, what? No, oh. we need to talk about this. No, 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 wait, no. Let me lay hold it down on. For no, you. excuse me. I just gotta interrupt you real quick. Okay. Portland is known for their food, so I'm very confused. No, they're not known for their food. In the culinary industry, they're known for trying weird things. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're they're into definitely having an abundance of like food trucks. The the yeah. amount of different types of food. Is a big thing here. But not quality. 
or like the presentation. Quality, so what I'm saying is it's not San Francisco. Yeah. It's not New York. It's not LA, right? Okay. Where a five-star hotel or five-star restaurant down there is Michelin star grade. Okay. There's not a single restaurant in Portland that would even be considered for a Michelin star. Uh, what about Pogo de Chao now? I hated it. I know. I didn't think it was that great either. I didn't either. Okay. So, so, okay. So being a cook for so long and actually a chef, right? Yeah. I could, I could taste the quality and how well they made their meat yeah. and their, their food there. Um, but especially their, their specialty meat. Um, it did not sit with my palate. Well, right. it's just a high end buffet is what it, it really is. is. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I was surprised because I went there and they're like, it was like $30 a person or something like that. Or It's expensive. Yeah. It, well, it was cheap. Oh. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so I've cooked a long time, right? So have you been to El Gaucho? Um, yes. Have you paid at El Gaucho? <laughs> Wait. Fogo de Chao, El Gaucho. They're, they're similar, right? Or no? No, no. no. El Gaucho's, um, is actually a franchise, which I had okay. no idea. Uh-huh. Um, but it's more Hispanic, um, I want to say ranch style meat. Okay. Like straight from the ranch. They have Beautiful steaks. Some okay. of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. Uh-huh. Um, so when I went there for a seven-year anniversary, um, $300 between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Right? So I consider that quite a bit of money to be okay. spending on dinner. Okay, yeah. Right? Um, whereas like 80 bucks at Faga de Chao for the two of us is not really... Oh, okay. I gotcha. So I took my clients out there when we closed on the house and our bill was like 400, but that makes sense because I was paying for everyone and yeah. they, and they were like drinking and stuff. So right. I guess that's why I thought it was expensive, but that makes so sense. So we don't drink just... either. Okay. So my husband and I don't drink anymore either. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. So $300 just on food. Yeah. So that means steaks. We had a couple sides, uh, and then dessert. Uh-huh. So that's a lot of money uh-huh. for me. Everything was phenomenal. Yeah. And not to mention, I called ahead to make sure we had a spot. Uh, rose petals and a handwritten note on, on our table. Mm-hmm. Every single person that worked there came in and congratulated us. Wow. Every single one. I'm talking from head chef to the dishwasher to the servers, all of them. Oh my gosh. So I would pay $300 again if their food sucked ass. Yeah. Because just because of the environment and how well they took care of us. Yeah, definitely. We also had a bananas foster lit up right in front of us at our table. Yeah. It so was definitely worth it. I think that that even correlates to our business. It's not necessarily like, it's the experience that you're getting, right? right? That's a it's, good way to turn that in. the experience, yeah. yeah. From start to finish. Like, I've had things where, you know, the um, broker side, the agent side went phenomenal, but the lending side didn't, and it, it's, it's a whole experience. So yeah. that would be like if your server sucked, but the food was awesome. Right. Right? I've had that. Yeah. And it's gone both ways. Where my server was absolutely phenomenal, she got a fat tip, and I asked, you don't share this with back of house, do you? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lenders do suck sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's it's hard because, like, I feel like we do the same but completely opposite job. Yeah. Just like serving and cooking, right? Yeah. I mean, like, a server cannot walk in the back most of the time right. and just whip up a dish. No. Just like personality-wise, I think that's the biggest cause of a, a cook not coming around yeah. and being a server because they're completely almost different people. Yeah. Right? To do either job well, but if one side's not done, your experience is ruined. Yeah. So I'm curious, have you had a lot of real estate agents on the podcast yet? Because I'm wondering if we should tell like horror stories or like <laughs> weird things I've that had happened. a few. Okay, I, have you done that yet? I haven't had yet? any horror stories. Okay. I mean, uh, they've... they've 
I've probably said a few of mine while they're happening, while I'm doing the podcast. I do, like, oh, two a week. Okay, cool. So, like, every once in a while, I'll be like, I'm dealing with this fucking asshole, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm dealing with one right now that, uh, yeah, it's going really interesting. This one's a listing. Mm-hmm. It's the same one. Oh, my God. And they did they ever do a price still, adjustment? They well, did. We're down to 500 where it should okay, have started. Yes. I still not had a single showing. It's been over a month. Not one showing? Not a single one. And how... Well, I guess we don't have to go into the specifics. Um, we can. I don't care. Yeah. Well, like, what's their bottom dollar? Like, what are they willing oh, okay. to go to? So, well, I, oh, no, you can't disclose that because we're on a podcast. Right. Well, so what I can say is that <laughs> he, of course, wants top dollar for it. So he's yeah. interested in the, mo- in the money part of it. Yeah. Right? So we're finally at the right price. Yes. That we should have started at. Right. But with the market doing what it's doing, we should be adjusting now. But since I've adjusted almost 35 grand now, he's he's set at this price and he's not going to move. Yeah. Not to mention, uh, he's quite a bit of a hoarder, right? And you saw the pictures, right? We even went back and took new pictures. Mm -hmm. I had an open house and we were going to take pictures before the open house. He cancels the pictures because he's having a garage sale. During the open house. Oh my God. And I'm like, you're kidding. (laughs) You're kidding me right now. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I already advertised the open house and all this other shit. Maybe we can just pull the people in. Yeah. Or my people can see your shit. Maybe they'll buy, like, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. But uh, we do that, and the backyard's fucking huge. I mean, like, like I'm talking grass is all up. He's also pulled more shit out to get it out for the garage sale, which. Two people showed up for his garage sale. Oh, jeez. And one person came into the house to look at something who I counted towards my open house. Yeah, definitely. Where I'd feel like shit about myself. Yeah. Right? Like, and then, so now, the next day, I'm like, okay, well, look, we'll schedule her for two days away, mm-hmm. the the photographer, and I need you to clean this place up and all that other shit. Not only did he not clean things up, it was worse than the first time we took pictures. Oh, my God. Jeez. Worse. And Jeez. like I'm talking the grass is high. There's now uh, a, a kayak that he turned into a sailboat in the backyard. <laughs> like it was just it was so uh, bad. He didn't even tell his roommate. We walk in and his roommates they're cooking. Oh my god. I'm like, uh hi Esmeralda, like are you uh Uh Did you even know we're coming? <laughs> She's like, oh, she barely speaks English. No, I have no idea, whatever and it was just terrible. Yeah. So now I had to go back through and, like, I gave all the photos to the photographer. It was yeah. like, edit all you can and try and at least make them look the same. Mm-hmm. And so we spliced this whole house together through photos. <sighs> yeah. That's, that's my horror story for now. Okay. <laughs> like, that's just what I'm going through. Oh, my moment. gosh. Well, I didn't mean stressful clients like mine. I remember oh. a couple of years ago, I had a buyer consultation with this dude that had straight, like, think of, like, I don't even know how to describe it, like decayed bones that are brown and orange is how his teeth looked, all Mm. of his teeth. And the moment I sat down with him, I'm like, this dude wants to like eat me. Like he wants to chop me up. And like, that's the first thought that went through my mind. That's the vibe this guy's putting on? Yeah. Like he wants, like he's definitely like eats humans. Like that's just straight up. And so he was really weird. And I was like, you know what? I just got started in real estate. Like I want to make money. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm judging him. Finish the buyer consultation. He says he has cash and he's like, just, I don't like, I don't know. Um, so we're like viewing houses and each time I'm like, 
fuck, like, I think this dude wants to murder me. Like, I really get big murder vibes from this guy. And so I'm always trying to be so overly nice to him. I'm like, well, if I'm so nice to him, maybe he'll choose not to murder me. And I swear, like, I'm not even kidding. The day that I'm like, this is the day he's going to murder me, I was just so, I was so nice. I was trying to be friends with him and, like, easygoing. And I ended up getting out, and he was, like, hovering over me, and it was just very strange. And then we ended up leaving, and he sends me this email about, like, fuck this town, I'm getting out of town. Like, I'm pretty sure he chose not to murder me and is like, okay, well, I don't need her anymore because I'm not going to do it. He sends me this email saying, like, yeah, not, like, fuck this place, I'm out of here, like, never contact me again. And we were fine because I was, like, super nice to him, but I'm pretty sure he was like, okay, I can't do it. Fuck this girl. (laughs) Even though I want to eat her. (laughs) Oh, man. Even though I want to eat her. I mean, I don't know that 100% is true, but, like, my intuition is, like, yes. Yes to that. (laughs) Oh, man. If we're talking about murderers, I got one. Oh, jeez. I got one here. Okay. I'm showing this house to these people. Wonderful couple. We're still friends to this day. I think they moved over to Kentucky. Uh, I ended up reselling this house for them later. So it did go through. Okay. Okay. Uh, We walk through the house, and there's like, in the hallway, right by the master, there's just a big old chunk of carpet, just looked like it was chunked out. Like someone took a box cutter and just cut cut the fucking... And was there carpet around it? Yeah. Okay, okay. So there's like carpet everywhere, but they squared out just this chunk, and you can just see the heart, like the... What what is it called? The plywood. Yeah. Right? Uh Not even plywood. uh, Whatever that stuff is that goes underneath. Mm -hmm. Um... And then I'm like, oh, that's fucking weird. Like, they must have had a stain they're trying to remove. Yeah. Right? You already know where this is going because I said murder, uh-huh. right? So we go back out and there's just this mound of dirt in the backyard. And, like, this guy's pretty funny, too. Like, we had a really good time okay. going back and forth. Uh-huh. And he's like, he's like, oh, man, looks like someone tried to fucking bury someone over here. I wonder if they, they actually got to him or not. And we're having fun. We talk to the house. Uh, the offer gets accepted. It's an estate sale because the mother had owned it. She had died. Um, How? (laughs) We're getting there. Uh, We get through the inspection, appraisal, and I get a text from him saying, please tell me this is not my house. And it's an article. No. About. Nope. Yeah, it's going there. Um, A lady had just got out of prison, was staying with her mother. Who is a gigantic, um, what are they called? Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, I was going to say psychopath? Very, no, she's very, very very religious. Okay, yes. She's pushing this on her daughter or whatever. Daughter's already been arrested a few times. Again, she just got out of prison. Uh-huh. One of the times she had fought police in Portland. Okay. Um, Typical. Yeah. So <laughs> she had murdered her mother, choked her to death, and beat her to death in the hallway of their home. Where this giant fucking piece was cut out was cut out because of blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Called the police on herself because she was so exhausted from digging a hole to bury her mother in the backyard. Oh, like I have no words for this story like, right now. What I can't the even fuck? believe that. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. That can't, and he still that can't be it? it. We're past appraisal at this point. We're like two weeks from closing, like a week maybe. Oh my God. And so, like, I'm like, let me call you back. Like, I need to figure this out. I call Jody. Jody Ferguson was the, the, the uh-huh. other side. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that crap or not, but sweetheart. I fucking oh, yeah, love no, Jody. Oh, yeah, no, she's great. She's great. Um, but she's like, 
Unfortunately, yes, that, that was the case. I did tell you it was an estate. The mother had died in the home. Yeah, yeah, and I'm but like, you don't have to disclose that. It's not something we have to say. So yeah. I'm like, Jody, like, she got murdered in there. What the fuck? Like, yeah. she's all, I know, but like, yeah. it's not something we disclose and all that other stuff. And I'm like, dude, we're like a week or two weeks from closing. Like, these people are freaking the fuck out. Do, well, are they okay? Like, they're not worried about it, like, being haunted, right? Because I that have clients like that. was the biggest case. Like oh, okay. She, so the wife yeah. got on the phone. So now, first of all, I call him back. And then he's like, hold on. She wants to be on this. And so, speakerphone. She's like, I don't know if I can live in a place that's been that's been desecrated like that. With the, There's going to be a spirit there, and the spirit's going to be upset. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like... <laughs> I know missionaries. I can call them to bless the house. I know a sage guy. I know a dude who sells sage, and he'll sage the fuck out of your house. I don't know. The closing gift. <laughs> right. Like, and I even, uh, I had a teen at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So the girl that was working for me, or with me, or whatever, um, she had just closed on a sale with these two people who do that for a living. Oh, okay. Unhaunt houses. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, I even have a person to, like, literally professionally come in there and fix this, and... <laughs> And uh, we ended up, I talked to Jody, and I guess the lady was super, super religious, which is what saved it. Because even if, so my client she felt. She thinks she like went to the light or something. Right. So my client felt no she's matter like, how upset she was out. about being murdered there, yeah. she still would have moved on. Got it. Got right? it. Right. She wouldn't have held anything against her daughter to, to stay. Got it. And I'm like, that's, that's all that saved this deal. And did you ever ask her if like the house felt okay afterwards? Oh, so we had taught we so we became friends. After okay. that. It was a huge situation. We really got involved. Sounds like a really big situation. Not to mention they almost didn't close on closing day because the lender got the amount wrong. Oh. And uh, he pulled from his four hundred one k to cover it. Oh my god. You can't just go back and get more money. Wow. And he was a couple thousand dollars off for oh closing gosh. costs and like it. So it was we almost didn't go there. He ended up eating top ramen for a couple weeks. Yeah. To cover the cost of that, but. uh so, so I, yeah, I didn't end up talking to them. They did a bunch of construction on their house. I recommended the handyman to do it, and and they were really good people. But I'd say two years maybe they stayed in that house. Okay, and then they were out. They were out. They were ready. Right. Oh my god, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. That was that was probably one of my most interesting. <laughs> okay, so ones. you topped me. I thought I had a good one, but that was great. You got anything else? I mean, not like that. Absolutely oh, not. No. Yeah. But um, should we move to our gym update? Yeah, we should do that. That was a good topic <laughs> intro, right? Um, so gym update for me uh, is going, it, it's, uh, I had a vasectomy like two Fridays ago. Okay. So I, this Friday, I'll be able to go back to the gym. I went last night mm-hmm. and I'm trying to pick up weight and it's, it's the more I go, it's just not feeling good. Mm-hmm. So I just did like the fives a lot, mm-hmm. right? Like all I could do was, well, that's what I feel like I do. So I'm still going to work my way back into that, but uh Diet's not going well. Nothing's going well at the moment. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, my Yeah. So it's going to get everywhere anyways. My wife got served like last Thursday uh, with divorce papers, which is pretty interesting. Oh, not from you? Definitely from me. Oh, wait. No, yeah. I was so confused at, for a second. No, so she got served and, and it, it's been pretty intense since then. Oh, okay. Uh, going back and forth. Because you guys are still living together. Yeah, we are. Oh, okay. uh, so we're trying to figure out this whole situation, how to make this work for the kids and, and everything like that. And what and, you're going to do with the house and stuff. I mean, yes. So there's a lot involved, yeah, right? Yeah, just a whole thing. It's whole it's plethora. so so nothing's going well at the moment, especially gym wise. That's where I'm at there. Plus, yeah. I didn't expect uh, to get a vasectomy when I did. It's just that was it's been months I've had oh. this thing planned because that's how doctors work. 
right. to get into there to see him. So it was like just super bad timing. Oh my god! The whole time I'm like, I'm gonna get home because she she got him while I was gone. She's like, I'm gonna get home. She kicked me right in my dick. She's gonna <laughs> kick me right in my dick, dude. I'm I'm gonna die. Did but, she like expect it at all? Um. So about a year ago we tried. Okay. Uh, and there was a whole big just no situation. Like, this is not happening. This is from her. Yeah. And um, so the, the worst part was that the reason I did it the way I did is because she had made it very clear that um, if I was going to do this, she was going to make it as hard as possible. Okay. Okay. So I literally situated everything to where, like, if you want to make it as hard as possible, then it's going to be as hard as possible for you to. Sure, sure. Right? Which sucks, but... Uh, I'm really just trying to be even, to be fair here, you yeah. know, and it's, it's, it's just a rough situation, but yeah, so that's where I'm at with my gym update, but <laughs> how about you? Um, so I'm doing, I have like a Peloton, I do the Peloton, but I'm also nice. doing hot yoga, which has been really nice. Bikram yoga? Uh, no. Is there a difference? What? Well, it's called Mooney Mooney, so they have like a whole bunch of different, they don't do Bikram, okay. um, but they do like Hatha series. It's like, basically, it is same, there's like, I don't know, I'm gonna like mess this up, but say like 21 poses or something like that. So okay. you are still like in a series, but, um... Yeah, so that has been really nice because I've been like extremely stressed and it's been something that obviously yoga is like not just for your body. I've been losing weight and like getting fit, but I think like just emotionally and like mentally I've like seen a huge improvement too. I've like That's cried fantastic. during like my poses. That's what they say that you're, they're like, it's really normal if you cry. And I'm always like, that is so weird. And then I'm like in a pose and I'm like, oh, I feel it. <laughs> oh no. That scares me a little bit. Wait, why? To like do yoga and like, first of all, it's hot. Yeah. Uh, I'm not stretchy. No. Right. I'm, I'm like a thick little ball of mass. Well, I mean, a, there's all people, all different, like, physiques in there. Right, but what I'm it. saying is, like, when I say thick little ball of mass, I, that's what I've created. Yeah. I do the strong man. Yeah, right? you're, like, deadlift, I need tension in my yeah. entire body. So stretching is not easy for me to begin with. Yeah. Because most of my muscles are completely tense all the time. And so it's, it's really rough, but I would love to be able to actually... I want to try yoga eventually. I want to do everything. Yes. Right? And to be able to, like... Touch my toes from standing would be perfect. You know, that'd be cool. Like to not have Big to put goals. my foot up to tie my shoe. Right. Yeah. You know, like, but, uh, but the crying during working out, like, I don't know, I guess I've been there. Yeah. Right. Where you're like pushing it completely. I've almost passed out a few times and, yeah. and done some of that shit, but like an emotional cry. Well, you have to think about it. Like they say trauma doesn't live in your mind as much as we think it does. Trauma lives in your body. And so when you're doing yoga, you're Whoa. releasing... Oh, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know. What is that? Okay, so yeah. Everybody used to think trauma lived in your mind, right? Well, kind of. It does. So the memories are stored in like the center of your mind, like your cortex. Okay. And then when you experience a traumatic event, um, it's called flipping the lid. Um, your uh, brain like basically opens, receives the trauma. And then if it's not taken care of in the moment, your brain goes back to normal, but that's still there. However... Um, trauma like how do you release trauma is actually stored in like your fascia so when you're doing yoga and you're doing hip openers a lot of trauma stored inside your hip so you'll like stretch and all of a sudden get like a wave of sadness and cry and that's normal because you're actually releasing it's a trauma release exercise 
Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So same with breath work. So obviously I do breath work. I'm a breath work facilitator. Same concept. So you are breathing, moving energy through your body. And as you do that, you naturally release um, whatever you need to release during during breath work. So a lot of people cry, scream. I've seen everything. Okay. So we got to get back to that too. I don't even know what that is. Oh, a okay, breath work okay. facilitator. Uh, when you say breath work, I think of, uh, there's two things I think of as opera. Right. You say opera. Opera. Okay. Being able to sing using your diaphragm, being able to push. Uh-huh. There's a lot of there's a lot of breath work. Yeah. Involved. Uh, yeah. And then lifting, which is you have to tense. You're using your diaphragm to push your belt out and do all this other stuff. And breathing has a lot to do with how you lift. And uh, you should be able to breathe. So a lot of people are like, and then they go down and up. Uh-huh. That's terrible for you. Yeah. So bad. You should be able to breathe. All the way down and all the way up, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or like, there's a difference in going for like a personal best, right? Sure. And then lifting daily. Mm-hmm. If you're lifting daily and holding your breath during, you're fucking yourself up, like yeah. a lot. So I just learned that last year. Okay. And so that's like I've been doing this for like eight years. Yeah. So. Well, it's not something that people teach us. People don't teach us how to breathe. They just think it's like an innate like thing that you're supposed to know. But it makes so much sense when you're. Well, that's working what I'm out. confused about. So what are you, like, what are you doing? You're just like breathe faster. Uh, yeah. Like, so well, I'll tell you how okay. I got into it, and it may explain some of it. Okay. So, yeah. I was at a woman's. Um, like business conference, it's called Pays to Be Brave. Um, okay. Angie Lee runs it. It's this girl who's d- like sh- she teaches marketing. Anyways, um, we go up on the rooftop in the morning because they have uh, yoga, and then afterwards everybody was leaving, and like a bunch of new people came in and rolled out their yoga mats, and so I was like, oh, is there like another yoga session? And this lady's like, oh no, I flew all the way from Canada to see this person right here, and it's it's free. You should stay. And I was like, okay, yeah, totally. Like, I have nowhere to be. Our conference doesn't start for a couple hours. And so this girl comes out and, like, she's, like, playing this, like, tribal music. Like, bum, 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 bum. And she's like, she's like, okay, hey, guys, everybody lay down and close your eyes. You're going to do this breath pattern. It's called Triactive. It's a three-part breath series. You breathe in through your belly, in through your chest, out through the mouth. It sounds like this. <sighs> Wow. Okay. I can hear a difference between the two when you're breathing in. Yeah, so it's into your belly and then into your chest and then out through your mouth. Okay. Wow. Okay. And I'm just like, okay, this is weird, but I will do it. <laughs> right. I'm already here, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I start doing the breath pattern and I feel like we're breathing for a long time and I'm kind of judging it like this is so freaking weird and our drums are just like bum, 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 bum. And I'm just like... <laughs> And all of a sudden, I get this wave of, so my parents are both active uh, drug addicts, and they have been like my entire life, basically. And I get this, and I've never cried because of it. It's always just been like, okay, that's what they've chose. That's who they are. Like, I'm used to it kind of thing. And I just got this wave of like pure unconditional love for their journey and how hard it must be. Like so much love. Like I just was like flooded with love for them. And I just started like bawling my eyes out. Like cry uncontrollably, like, like crying. And then I don't know like how long that was happening. Like your time concept is very much like there's no concept of time when you're doing breath work. And I'll tell you why why in a second. Um, But when she called us all out of it, 
she's like, does anybody feel more alive? And I'm like, oh my God, like I feel like a whole different person. What the fuck just happened to me? And so I looked around and there was 200 other people there and they were all crying. Like every single other person was having their own individual experience, like releasing something. And I was like, what is this? How do people not know about it? Like everybody needs to know about this. What just happened to me? Um, And so I like thought to myself, I don't know who this person is, but I'm like definitely going to work with her one day. Like it was just like an inner knowing. Um, And obviously I figured out who she was. And then like six months later, she announced that she was getting, helping people get certified to um, teach breath work. And I was like, yep, sign me up. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to do it full time, but like people need to know because it's like the number one self-healing modality because we think about how to heal and we think like, and, and there's nothing wrong with like, you know, like antidepressants or whatever it is, but we always think of an external thing when we think about healing, right? We always yeah. think about going to someone and them healing us or like a therapy session. And there really isn't a lot of things that's like self-healing modalities that you can do in the moment. If you're having a panic attack, if you're stressed, if you're arguing and you're like trying to change your behavior, there's not a lot of things that you can that you're taught for tools and breath work is one of those things that you can do at any time like you can do it in the grocery store nobody would know you can do it in your car you can lay down and do it um and then the last thing i'll say is so i said that um your time is warped and so there's two types of breath work so one is meditative which i just told you about And the reason that your time is warped is because when you're breathing, the front part of your brain, which controls like your ego, your thoughts, your mind. So if you've ever tried to meditate and it's like not working and your mind is racing, when you do breath work, it shuts that front part of your brain down after the first um, five to seven minutes. So the first five to seven minutes, you're probably going to be uncomfortable, like this is weird, what's happening? After five to seven minutes, that naturally shuts down and like your body starts breathing you and you kind you slip in and out of phases of hypnosis. So your brain waves are now changing. And so it's a really, really good place to um, do trauma release and to like um, if you're shifting any like limiting beliefs or anything about yourself, it's a really good time to like manifest in that space because now you're in your subconscious mind instead of your conscious mind. Um, and then integrative breath work. So that's meditative. Integrative breath work is you can do it anywhere without people knowing. So you and there's all different kinds. So for anger, you want to basically like make a hissing noise. So like and it helps release that. Or if you're having like a panic attack, you want to regulate your nervous system and bring your body back down to homeostasis. You're going to breathe really slow, like. And so you can do that even in the grocery store. You don't have to make it audibly. You can do it wherever you are. And so it's basically just tools you can use if you're trying to, you know, become a better person, heal yourself, kind of look at your shit. That's like something that you should have in your pocket. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. So there's a whole, like, like I guess industry behind that, right? I mean, I don't know if that's how I want to even call it, but there's a whole, what would you call that? Have you heard of Wim Hof? I don't know what that is, no. No, it's a dude. So, (laughs) like, if someone hears breathwork, they're always like, oh, Wim Hof. And he's, like, 
kind of like the guru because um, obviously like nobody's heard of this thing. And so if they mm -hmm. have, it's normally him. He like basically teaches you breath work for like, because you've heard of like cold plunges, right? When you jump into super, yeah. super cold water, how good it is for you. Yeah. He teaches you the breath work technique to stay in cold environments. I don't really know all the stuff he does. Um, but anyways, yeah, there's like a whole thing. Well, I think what's happening is there's a huge rise in people um, like maybe, well, how weird do we want to get on this show? As weird as you want to get. Okay. Are you, are you in with me or I'm do you know? I'm super in. Okay. I, I'm open to anything. Okay. Anything okay. So I'm going to get really weird for a second. Do it. So in 2012, when the Mayan calendar ended, right? Yes. They didn't know what was going to happen after that. So everybody thought it was going to be the end of the world, right? Right. The Mayan calendar ends. There's nothing after that. So everybody's predicting the end of the world. And what actually happened is that the Mayans didn't know what was going to happen next because there was going to be um, a shift in consciousness, a shift in the way. So like for a long time, for example, obviously we've lived in fight or flight. We've had to like run from saber toothed tigers and stuff. Right. And our brain is still operating on that. That's why we have like so much fear and, and, and panic in our lives because our body wants to keep us safe. So, but they knew that something big was going to happen and it was called the Aquarian Age. And I'm not an astrologer. So if anybody is, a lot of you guys will be like, nah, you're getting it wrong. So I'm just going to do the best that I can. Um... And so what started happening, what we noticed is that a lot of people started to have spiritual awakenings after 2012 because the collective consciousness, um, so like the Schumann resonance, so you can measure the earth's frequency, okay? You can measure how much light's coming into the earth and like okay. what frequency it's at. So to give you guys an example, if you're losing me, is you think of it, do you know what a sound bowl is? Yeah. Yeah. And like frequencies. So if I wanted like a sound bowl for like love, I would use, I think the F note, which is, um, I, this is. Wait, what? Sound <laughs> bowls are like have different frequencies for, for like different emotions? Yeah. What? That's what, what they're, they're for. for. Yes. Yes. So they oh have God. different Hertz. So if you Google like, um, Hertz for on YouTube, like Hertz for self love, it will say, I don't know what frequency it is, but say it says 480 Hertz. And then uh, that's what the sound bowl is. So yeah. Okay. So you can measure what frequency the earth is. And what they noticed is that the earth's frequency has been starting to jump to these rapid, like higher, higher levels of, um, of, so the lower the hertz, the more, let's just say, for instance, like dark. And then the lighter is like more light. So like hate versus love, like all of these things, right? It's a spectrum. Yeah. Um, and so they noticed that the uh, Earth's environment was raising. And what, had, what was happening when that was happening is that so many people are starting to go through spiritual awakenings. And... Um, wow. Okay. 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 Are you with me? <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. You're just blowing my mind a little. Okay. 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 And so um, I I went through mine in, what was it, like 2014. I, I was... One. Huh? I want one. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, maybe you do. I do want one really badly. Yeah. So I, so I was driving... So I hated my life, like, just because I was selling like tons and tons of houses when I first got in the business. 
but um, I was giving 50% to my team, 30% to Keller Williams. I was only taking 20% home. I had like no money. I was broke. My kids didn't know me. Like my husband didn't know me. I was just in a really, really bad spot. And I was like, and I woke up every day with this feeling of like feeling gray, almost like someone else was like in my body and I was just along for the ride. And I did not know how to get out of it. I like hated it. It was like, looking back, I can see that it was depression. But at that time, I didn't even know what that was. And so I told my friend and she said, have you heard of The Power of Now, which was a book? And I was like, no, but honestly, I don't care. I'll try anything. So I was listening to The Power of Now. And um, I don't know, this like thought popped in my head, like if I didn't believe anything my parents told me, like what would I believe about life? And it literally felt like I was being sucked, I don't know, into a vortex. It was like the weirdest question because I had never, anytime I'd ever like contemplated anything, it was always like, oh no, don't think that. Like, like think, like you have to think about the things that you were told and know to be true about the earth. Like you can't question anything else. It was like the sense of shame. I grew up very religious. And so that thought was like blowing my mind, like, oh my God, what would I think? And for the next two weeks, I didn't know what was happening to me, but I lived in a complete state of bliss. Like the trees looked alive. Like they felt like, I felt like they were communicating with me. Like the wind on my face felt like it was like magical. Like everything was, everything felt alive in which we know everything is alive. We know trees and grass, but it felt like this big, huge connection to all that exists on earth. And I had no idea what was happening. All I knew is that it was like the most beautiful thing that I've ever went through in my whole life. Um, and, and from there, that was like my start of my spiritual awakening. It got really bad because then I was worried like, oh, like, should I? Okay, so uh, my sister tells me, um, Haley, don't you know nobody likes you? Like literally no one likes you. Like why? I can't even understand how you don't understand that yet. And that's what pulled me out of that like state of bliss. And then I went back into like that gray zone. Like I was like, God, what happened to me? Like I felt like that was so weird. And how do I get back there? And so from there, I started to see like shamans, like do like Reiki sessions because I didn't know what was happening. All I knew is I tried explaining to people what had happened to me. I didn't know what a spiritual awakening was. I was just like, this is what I went through. I don't know what's happened. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm starting to question everything now. Like, I don't know what's going on. And they told me most people had the same common thing. They're like, oh, you had a kundalini awakening, which is where like there's DMT at the base of your spine. It's released when you die and to make it so like, you know, everything's beautiful. And they said sometimes you can have a kundalini awakening, but they normally don't last for that long. And so since then, I just kind of spiraled down this, like, rabbit hole of... Needing more DMT. (laughs) No. Well, I have done ayahuasca, which does have DMT in it. Okay. But, um, yeah, so... And then from there, I just discovered um, all of it. Like, it all... I have just kind of went from there. And um, so when I learned the breath work, I had already had my spiritual awakening. So I was already open enough to know that, like... I was on a self-healing journey at that point. Because before before your spiritual awakenings, 
you do things and you're unconscious of them and there's no like bird's eye view of what you're doing. And after a spiritual awakening, it's kind of like you're analyzing your whole life. Like you're like, what makes sense? Am I living authentically? Like, am I living like how I want to? Like, how am I affecting other people? Like you start to question everything because now instead of just thinking that like you are on this earth and um, you're at the mercy of what is happening to you, now you start to think, okay, what if my soul incarnated with a list of soul contracts of like of lessons that I need to learn in this lifetime? So then all of a sudden, all of your questions become um, like when you go through something really rough, when you go through something and you're like, why is this happening to me? Instead of being like, I'm at the, like, I'm a victim to this, it then becomes holy molt. Like if it's really big, you could be like, wow, like if I did choose this, if this was part of my soul contract, like what, what do I need to learn? What am I not seeing? What brought me here? And it's just a whole different mindset shift of now you're moving towards what you want. Now you're like, you know, going after your dreams because you know that everything is in divine favor for you. Everything is in divine alignment and divine timing. And nothing could happen to you. So, okay. So I do have a little bit of that stuff that's happened before where I... I it was a weird little... Uh, I was trying to hypnotize myself because a buddy of mine was like a hypno hypnotist. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's bullshit. I want to try. Uh-huh. And I listened to this audio thing. It was, a, it was an hour. And I listened to it a few times. And I thought it was stupid. And then one time I sat in my car, car on, which I felt really dumb about. And I listened to it. And it was about confidence. Like mm-hmm. being a com- more confident person. And I remember him counting down when you're supposed to like go to sleep or whatever yeah. the fuck. And then I remember him being like, okay, so now you're awake. And, and I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like I actually slept through that whole thing. And it was a huge way. I still have it. And I've tried to listen to it again a couple of the times. And it didn't, it's not doing what it did the first time. Okay, yeah. That because, I actually well, went into it. Well, now you, so that it makes sense. Because now basically you have a perception of what's supposed to happen. So you're almost blocking yourself from it happening. Because you're like, why won't it happen? When's it going to happen? Am I going to get there again? Does that make sense? Yeah. Instead of completely releasing all attachment and just being in it. Because the truth about hypnosis is you're not supposed to not remember anything. You actually could be in a, like your brain waves could be in a hypnosis state. But you could like get up and use the restroom and then come right back and slip right back into hypnosis. So if you are like feeling very relaxed, your body's very relaxed, feels very heavy. Chances are you actually are in hypnosis but you're trying to recreate something. So I would just get rid of that completely, relax your body as much as possible, and be unattached to the outcome. And then chances are you may have that again. But if you're putting like, this is what's supposed to happen or it's not working, then you're blocking yourself and you're actually not letting yourself go into hypnosis because your mind is like, you know, running the show. Well, I think the, that what I'm trying to get at here is I think that what it did was what you're talking about. It mm-hmm. opened up my mind yeah. to stop it because I was doing door-to-door sales at that time. I had just, well, this is going to get a little heavy here, but I had just, um, I was cooking mm-hmm. um, and I started trying to, I was doing coke mm-hmm. and selling coke to, to make 
ends meet because as a cook you don't make a lot of money sure and i'm working my way at the, the the pay scale it's just not going for me uh it gets to the point where yeah, i'm selling a lot and making good money i get fired because of course i stay up all fucking night for like three days yeah. right and then i get fired because i showed up an hour late mm-hmm. and i still hadn't slept in like four days right yeah and then so i was like oh i'm just gonna sell the rest of what i got and i won't do anymore because i was hit with an ultimatum either it's either that or oh they knew they found out. Okay, gotcha. Right? So she, the wife was like, either mm-hmm. you stop doing this or yeah. or you lose us. And I even got to the point where, I, so I went to work that day and was like, fuck it. I can get remarried. I can do all this other shit again. I can do it again. Whatever. Fuck that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, still doing coke. Like, I didn't yeah. give a fuck, right? Yeah. And then so it came to the point where uh, a friend of mine came over who was, who was amazing to me at the time. Uh, he's a piece of shit now. I hate him. But, uh, <laughs> Screw that guy. Right. But uh, so he came over and... He was like, you're still doing it, right? And I'm like, well, I'm just trying to sell the rest. Right. And he's like, no, no, that's what I'm talking about. You're still doing it. And I'm like, well, yeah. It's hard not to do when you got, like, fucking keys of it, right? Yeah. And he's like, flush it down the toilet. And I'm like, I don't know if you know the price of Coke. It's pretty expensive. And I had quite a bit. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, but um, well, so I trust you. It was like it was like 15 grand. Okay. Where the shit. I dumped down the toilet. Oh, you did end up dumping? I had, I, I, I had to. Because, like, your moral compass said, like, you had no, to, like, your intuition. Like, like I knew that if I had it, I was going to do it. Yeah. And Even you didn't want to it, do it. I didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted, yeah. I was choosing my family. Yeah. So I dumped it, and, like, he was like, look, I'm doing door-to-door sales in Kentucky. Come with me. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's go. So, like, the next day, I'd already been just fired, right? Yeah. So I didn't give a fuck. So you I had was a still... family at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so you packed, you're like, we're going to Kentucky. Not even we. Like, I'm going to go. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And I'll still pay bills here until I can get you over here. Yeah. And we were going to go for the summer. Three months. Yeah. I was going over there. And I was mm-hmm. like, perfect. And so I'm over there hating life. I don't know if you've ever done door-to-door sales. It is garbage. I mean, I've door-knocked. <laughs> well, of course. Right. But I'm like, I'm selling security systems. Yeah. Getting door slammed in my face. Like, it was just, mm-hmm. it was terrible. I had done it before and I was, I'm really good at it. Yeah. But I'm like, I slept for like three fucking days. Because you I hadn't to sleep. Sl- yeah, I hadn't slept in fucking a week, right? Yeah. So, like, I go over there and I do all that stuff. And then that's when, like, the guy was doing uh, hypnosis. He did magic. And I'm like a little child if you start doing... You, you remember, right? We were at that fucking uh, Realty One thing. Okay, but that guy was so good. He Anyways. was great. But I'm that little kid every time someone busts out magic. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, it's fucking yes. magic. <laughs> but, uh, and I know it's illusions and shit, but it's, it's fun. Uh, it's letting you trick your mind into it. But so I, I I have other things to say, but go on. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but so that I'm down there doing that. I'm, I'm hating everything about life. I haven't seen my fucking family in, in two months now. Yeah. Uh, I'm making sales, but not enough to like make this trip worth it. Uh, my buddy's still like giving me some money to pay for groceries just for myself. It was just, it was shit. And I did this fucking hypnosis thing in the car. I wake up and I'm like... Honestly, it gave me like a god complex. That's what the, that's what it did, and I was like, "Fuck it!" And so I went out and I sold like three that day. Yeah. Because I'm like, they're like, "No," I'm like, "Fine, sell it to your neighbor." And they're like, "What do you mean to sell it to my neighbor?" I'm like, "If you don't buy it, he will, mm-hmm. and then later you're gonna buy it because you're gonna hear how great it is." Yeah. Well, hold on, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. And then I'm yeah. like making that sale. Just the, the amount of confidence I have is is fucking crazy. Yeah. And I mean, that was even up until, I probably lost it in the past like year and a half. 
So it lasted that fucking long. Oh, wow, yeah. To where, like, I just stopped giving a shit what anybody else thought or, or was doing. And I'm yeah. like, I want to do this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fucking do it. Yeah. Like, there was nothing holding me back mentally at all. Yes. And then even, uh, like, Ramona, right? Yeah. I don't know if you still talk to her. But she's like, where was this guy who would walk into a fucking room and, like... Yeah. Like, owned the fucking room when he walked in, right? right. Like, and it's not even confidence or, or overconfidence. Sure. It's more of just, like... Here I am. Mm-hmm. You can fucking like it or not. Here I am. Yes. And it's just, it's it's gone. Yeah. And I'm having a hard time getting that back because a lot of people, even, even Andrea's her name, my, my wife, right? Mm-hmm. She's always just like, you always just seem like a cocky asshole. And it's now like. Now or then? Then. Okay. Right? Gotcha. So, so she, that's how she saw it. Me just being cocky. Sure. All the time. But it wasn't that. It was that I just, I don't care. If you don't like me, yeah. you know, like it was just, she kept saying like, it, it seems like you think you're God mm. and I'm like, no, right. It's not that I, I think I'm God. It's just, I think that I am me mm-hmm. and there's no one else that is me Yeah, and that I'm here because I can do so much for this place mm-hmm. and I'm here for a reason, right? Like I want to find out what it is. I yeah. want to be a part of everything. Mm-hmm. It was just, it's just weird to try and explain. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. Um, So a few things that you said stood out. Uh, Where should we start? So the first one is when you had that shift. um, So there's this book called A Course in Miracles. And basically she teaches that like miracles are our birthright and all we need is like a shift in in perception and... um, So when you said that that happened to you and then you sold three that day, um, like that is manifestation because manifest, like has your sales suffered since you kind of lost your confidence? Yeah. Yeah. So we are admitting a vibration at all times, right? And, and this isn't just some woo woo thing. Like this is what like Einstein says, like attracts like, um, if you like think about something, it expands. So there's like this, there's this proven scientific fact that we are emitting out an energy frequency, right? And if you emit the frequency of like scarcity, fear, anger, you're going to, the universe will give you signs that that is truth. So it will reflect that back to you in your reality. If you're emitting signs of like, you know, like, I feel like I'm God, anything can happen, like, I'm gonna go out and sell blah, blah, blah today, you're going to do it, because that, the universe has to respond to you, and it has to show you what you believe to be true, and so it must, like, the, it's called, like, instant manifestation, if you believe so firmly that something's going to happen, the universal law is it must happen, that doesn't mean it's gonna happen right now, but if you hold that frequency, So now we're going into, if we really get in there, we're going into quantum physics. And so quantum physics says every single reality you could think exists in the quantum realm. And so if you think about one reality enough, it must come into your reality. Um, So think about it like like a cloud. Like if I put enough like condensation in that cloud, it must rain down at some point. And so I think that... That's a great way to explain that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I understand that I've heard that a lot, where if you constantly adding in quantum physics as well, I've heard that that whole statement. Right. But it's hard to explain that actually makes sense to where, well, if you think about that reality, it's going to come true. And you're like, why? 
that's a great that's a great way to say that. I mean, you're right. adding to this cloud constantly. Eventually, it's going to rain down. Yeah, yeah. So the question <clears throat> becomes, what has been your vibrational set point in the last year? Um, and like, say that it is like. I don't know, love, fear, whatever it is. What would you say your vibrational set point is if you had to choose one word over the last year? Over the last year? Yeah. Like since it shifted. Nervous, probably. Yeah. So, and I'm sure you reflect situations that make you nervous that say, yes, you should be. Well, I'm, it's not just that. I keep getting hit with these fucking things that you're saying, the the whole situations that make me nervous and... Um, I'm becoming so indecisive. Mm -hmm. I can't actually, like, these big things come up to me, and I'm nervous already, and then it happens, and I'm, like, so nervous and anxious about it that I just, like, I know I need to decide something, and I I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. So killing me. So that makes sense. So what you could do is we want the easiest way to get out of, like, a vibrational set point that you're in is to try to make it fun. So you could start with doing small things. So like, what do I want to eat today? An apple or an orange? And you look at the orange and say, do I want to eat you today? And then see if it says like, yes or no. Do I want to eat you today? Yes or no. And you choose the first one and that will help you make your decision because now you're trusting your intuition and don't second guess yourself because as soon as you hear a yes, that's the answer. It's a yes. And just try to make it fun. Like what shirt should I wear today? Should I wear the orange one? Should I wear the green one? Orange one's a yes, I'm wearing the orange one. And then you're like slowly but surely trusting yourself, building your intuition, but also making decisions on a smaller scale. So when bigger things come up, you can trust yourself to know that you're going to lead yourself in the right place. And sometimes you'll say yes to something and it will lead you to something that you don't want to be in. But then you'll learn that lesson and come out of it and be like, oh my God, it makes so much sense why I had to learn that because now I know this. Right. 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 So all decisions are the right decision. Yeah, they're right. There are. Well, unless it's a decision out of fear. If it's a if you're making a decision out of fear, it's always the wrong decision. Does that make sense? Right. So I know what you're saying. But what I'm saying is between two things, if I chose to do something because I felt like it was the right thing to do, no matter what, even if the situation turns to shit, it was made for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be the right choice. Because you're in divine timing, always. You could never not be. Okay. Divine timing. Wow. Yeah. Those are cool words. Yes. Okay. I like it, man. I like it a lot. And it's uh, it's weird that it makes so much sense. Because it sounds like it shouldn't. Exactly. Right? But like, I was there. And I was doing it. And it was going great. Even my real estate career was phenomenal right i was doing like the best i ever did and then shit started to happen mm-hmm. and it that just lowered your vibrational off. set point yeah yeah so now you have to work on like how do i want to feel today if i could choose any fe- frequency how do i want to feel today and the thing is is that your mind will try to trick you and maybe you'll feel like it for a day and you'll be like okay but no that can't last because your your mind is now you're program to slip back into things that are familiar, right? But everybody does that. That's why nobody really does what they want to do in life because they're always so afraid and they slip back into their patterns. But if you really want, desire that feeling, then meditate on it. Feel it in your body. Close your eyes and see if you can feel that feeling of being confident 
and feel it in your body for as long as possible and then go throughout your day and maybe you'll forget and maybe you won't come back to it but then the next day come back to it and feel that again until because your mind your brain does not know the difference between perception and reality so what your thoughts are thinking and what's actually happening in your reality your mind doesn't know so if you start meditating on that feeling of being confident your mind will say oh this is happening oh this is our new thing so if you do it for long enough you will literally train your mind you'll like hijack and I guess like crack the code and all of a sudden you'll start turning into a more confident person and people will be like how did you do that does that make right. sense? Yeah. And it's because you're changing your neural pathways and you're actually changing your brain into th- believing that that is you. Yeah. Okay. It's like a reprogram. Total yeah. reprogram. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Because we're not stuck in anything unless we tell ourselves we are. Right. Yeah. And I even uh, I even watched this whole thing with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, for a while, I thought we were in the Matrix. Yeah. Of that whole situation. Oh, totally. And then he, the way he explained it was just like, yeah, but that's dumb. Because like, <laughs> if we were, yeah. and we can create something like that, then this would be a retro version. And it would be just for fun. Huh. Because if we've already gotten to the point where we can do that to humanity. Yeah. Then there'd be no point in bringing us to this part in life. Mm-hmm. We'd still bring ourselves to a further part where things are easier and and you know what i'm saying like we've actually technologically advanced you got to watch this thing on it i need to watch is this. the matrix real like and because yes. for a long and time he says I thought it's it was not real. he says it doesn't make any sense that it would be okay the only probability is that if it was yeah then it would be just for fun well i well there's so much i could say about that but yeah. are we okay on time i don't care it can go wherever you're comfortable with Okay. Yeah. Um, well, oh my gosh. Yeah, there's so much I could say about that. I guess we'll start with, um, so uh, this is just a concept. So okay. Okay. No, nobody has to believe, this That's is fine. the thing. Nobody has to believe anything anybody says. Their truth is their truth. And if it resonates in them, I, I think about religion as a buffet. Um, I meditate, but okay. I'm not. Buddhist, right? So if something feels like, oh, yes, yes, in my soul, then I put it on my platter. And if something's like, no, then I take it off, right? Right. And so think about, so it's called the law of one, which is a spiritual content. It's a spiritual um, channel thing where this girl named Carla in the 1990s, they were meditators and Oh my gosh. Are you sure you want to go down this rabbit go, hole? I want all of the rabbit hole. I want Okay, because some people are going to be like, this is too weird for me, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I don't even care. Okay, yeah. so they say when the pyramids were built that these um, uh, extraterrestrials, so aliens, right. came down to help, right? And they... Which makes sense on a hundred thousand different levels. Okay, yeah. yes. And so his name was Ra. And Ra is, I'm going to try to explain this as easy as I can. Okay. Um, is a social memory complex, which means um, Ra is who came in like a 3D form, 
But, like, any vibration that's the exact same as Ra's can communicate for the for each other. So they can all answer because they all exactly align on the exact same frequency of belief system. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Ra's down here, and he starts to tell these, um, like, pharaohs and these, like, really important people um, these things about life, right? And so it was very common back in that day that they would bring in like psychics and like try to like tell the future and things like that. So Ra's there, he's telling them the universal concepts of life, but the very high elite people are starting to keep it as secrets, thinking that it's for them. And Ra's like, no, everybody needs to know about this. The whole world needs to know about this because we need to advance. We need to um, move into a... um a higher evolution. We can't stay here like this forever. Yeah. And they weren't getting it. They're like, no, this is for us. This must be protected. Um, and so he ended up leaving. He's like, it's not working. Gone. You're going to have to try again. Right. Yeah. So Carla in the 1990s and these group of meditators thought, let's try to contact Ra. Like, let's try to do it. And so they, like, wow. she laid down, they got very specific, they had, like, crystals in certain positions and candles, and, um, and so they're trying to have her channel raw, like an entity come through her and talk, um, and they're recording it, everything, it's all recorded, and they will ask raw questions, and raw will answer through Carla, and basically, um, well, let me back up, have you heard of Abraham Hicks? No. Okay, so Abraham's like the everybody knows about Abraham Hicks because that's how manifest because they channel. But anyways, I'll back up to Carla. So they're asking questions about life. Why are we here? Like what's happening? All of these questions, and then they always have to ask, um, like, is this raw? Because other entities would come through pretending to be raw. And they would say, like, are you of Christ consciousness? Because I guess, like, a dark frequency can't lie in Christ consciousness because it takes a part of, like, their power away. I don't really understand the whole thing. Anyways, and so what Ross says happens is that, so oneness, let's call it God, but you can call it whatever it wants, right? Thanks. If I am perfect, complete, whole like 100% complete. I could like that. I am, I am what is, how do I know myself? And so what it, what it, what, uh, raw says it did. And remember you guys could totally turn this off and be like, Oh, fuck this lady Okay, is, um, God starts fractulating itself into different dimensions, right? And to plan it. Cause of course, if, if, God is the ocean and we are drops in the ocean, then we are always connected, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So if God fractulates itself into multiple things, so planets and trees and and humans and extraterrestrials, then what Ross says is happening is that earth is like the lowest. So this is where our souls come to learn. So that's why there's so much pain and duality here because this is where this is the earth that our um, souls learn the most on. We don't learn in the higher realms because we already know what's going on. We know that we're connected to God. We know all of those things. And so we choose, it's called the veil of forgetting. So when we incarnate, 
we have a list of our soul contracts, what we're going to learn in this lifetime. We have our spirit guides and our guardian angels and our healing teams and all of these people who want to keep us on track of our soul's mission to make sure that we accomplish what we're supposed to learn in this lifetime. And then we go through the veil of forgetting. We're birthed in here and we're essentially asleep. We don't remember any of it. We don't question why we're here. Everybody's just going around doing their nine to five job, going grocery shopping. Nobody's questioning anything, right? Because why would they? Because they forgot. So when you go through a spiritual awakening is when you remember the veil, when you lift the veil and you're like, holy fuck, oh my God, I remember. Like I chose to remember in this lifetime or whatever. And so, yeah, so what Ra says is that this is basically our, this is where we learn. This is where our souls learn lessons because if God can know pain, it can know itself. If it can know light, it can know itself. So then what gets really trippy is, or what gets really confusing is, um, is darkness and evil, like, in good and bad, does that even exist, really? Right. Um, Because on a scale, everything is God. And so, does that make sense? Yeah. And so, um, but the ultimate truth is we are love. Because if we go all the way back to the creator... It, he the the creator created us through the lens of love like this is all a beautiful masterpiece um and so that that's just what the law of one teaches there's different obviously spiritual contexts there's the bible there's all of these different things and you have to know what's true for you but when you asked if we were in the matrix and like well that doesn't make sense i'm like well there are different dimensions we are in the 3d so we could be someone would say we're in the third chakra Okay. And do you know what your chakra? I won't go into it. No, I, I I know there are chakras. Okay, yeah. So some people, so the law of one would say that we're in our third chakra, and then, so what we're trying to do on the humanity scale, because the like scientists say we only have like a year to live on this earth because of how we're polluting it and stuff, um, is we either can be a positive polarized plant. This is all from the law of one a positive polarized planet or a negative polarized planet. So if we take the vibrational output of the entire earth, are people more good or are they more bad? And then, um, so a lot of people who are waking up are trying to heal themselves, meditate, like, um, you know, plant their own food because if they can raise their own vibration, then they are raising the vibration of the entire earth. Because the entire um, collective consciousness, if we're all connected, if I heal myself, I'm healing you because we're all connected. We're all a part of each other, right? And so if we can do that and we can become a positive polarized planet, then basically we graduate. Um, but then there's other, where we go after that, I can't really say for sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm on some planet and I'm a Nocturian or a well, Pleiadian. Well, you can at least have a good time. Yeah, but I'll yeah. at least have a good time and I'll know what's happening because yeah. this is the only place that there's the veil of forgetting. Okay, so I got two things from that. Okay. Um, one of my big things is always, uh, <clears throat> I say it quite often when people know me well, is that I believe that, uh, humanity is a plague on this planet. That's destroying it. Oh yeah. And so that, that's how I that's how I picture it. <clears throat> so why why raise up others who don't deserve it? It's kind of a big thing. So let, let me get all the way through okay, it first, yeah. right? So uh, one of my big things is like eighty percent of the planet or eighty percent of humanity should be wiped out. Um, there's no way to do it as a single person. 
uh, you'd have to trust others into doing it, which is the way it breaks down and doesn't work, right? Uh, I went through a pretty dark time of how I would do it, right? And it was actually a plan that I wanted to put together and make happen, but I wanted to do it myself. And it comes back to this whole thing where, like, <clears throat> I ask I ask people when I, we get in deep conversation, um, if you could save all of humanity um, and create what you would consider world peace, mm -hmm. but we're known as the biggest villain to have ever existed, would you do it? And it's a big question for me. I like asking people. It shows me who they view themselves as or who they would be willing to be viewed as. Mm -hmm. Because I would, I would create world peace through whatever means necessary, right? In order to make everything better for everybody else. But when you're saying the whole bringing up your vibration, vibration, yeah, vibration uh -huh. uh, brings up others and all that other stuff, that makes it a lot easier for my brain to process. Mm. Because doing what I think would have to be done would have to be so negative yeah that it would just destroy who i actually am yeah in the process well think about it like so when you like when you die they say that you're either negatively polarized or positively polarized so it's the sum of your entire life added up between that's why they say you have to go through like um uh you have to see your life in review so every time you hurt someone you'll feel it you'll feel how they felt is how like your life review is. And they say like very few people like Hitler, they say is still in his life review because he has to go through every single person and each of their family members. And there's very few people. So when you, when you think about it, like I, when I hear you say that, I'm like, Oh, absolutely not. Because if I did that, then I'm essentially playing God, right? I'm saying what should happen and what shouldn't happen. And, um, and, and I'm taking away the soul lessons that that soul needs to learn in this life, lifetime. So right. their darkest things, the most evil things that they're doing, they're going to learn more in this lifetime than I ever will in like my meditative state, like loving myself, right? And loving others because they're going through so much pain. So same with like homeless people, like they are learning so much, drug addicts, they're learning so much in this lifetime and we know that their purest soul is of love. And once they pass on, you know, maybe that what that's maybe that's the life they chose in this life because we can't all be the exact same and have the exact same views. Um, and and we also can't interfere with other people's life lessons that they're supposed to learn. And who do you think who do you think um, has more pain, the person who is the rapist or the person being raped? It's definitely the person being raped. The rapist probably has so much pain in their body that they feel like they have to do that to someone in order to feel joy, right? Oh, that's a different. They they way must to look at have it. so much pain that they feel like that's the only way they can have pleasure or have love or when you you know you're beating someone up like they must like think about all the pain that they have inside their body. No, that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make right, it right at all. That's a weird way to look at that because i mean i understand what you're saying in order to cross that 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 realm into being that a rapist mm -hmm. that's that's a decision you've made that decision to do sure. that yeah right? absolutely. you can't accidentally do it yes right legally 
you know, that gets into a whole different thing, right? right? Where some people, whatever, but uh, like you have to decide to do that. So with you saying that, I do understand what you're saying. It's just hard. It's really hard. Who would be able to decide who who gets more pain from that? Like, I mean... Right, of course. Because you're saying that the rapist would be the one with the most pain because they had to have that pain in order to do it. But then you get into the thought process of, of do they have any pain? Like, maybe that is their conscious decision and choice that that's what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it causes them no pain. If anything, it is just pleasure to do that. Yeah. But do you think something has to happen to create a monster of that? Yeah, those the that person could have been sexually abused. They could have been beaten. They could have been neglected. Like which, which probably is most of the time the case. Sure, yeah. But do you think there isn't people who are... Well, we have to remember that when we are children and we are developing our subconscious mind, we are learning from our caregivers and the adults around us of what is love and what's not love. So if a child sexually abused, they're more likely to sexually abuse because a part of them feels like that's how they get love because um, that is how their parent, whoever was abusing them. And so there's this misconstrued concept from the child of my parent loves me, yet they're doing this evil, horrible thing to me. Now I'm very confused of what love is. And so when they grow so they up... So still consider that rape as... Uh something that since the person that probably loves them the most mm-hmm. and can now do, they yeah. it's still involved in the love spectrum right of course yeah and now it's like it's like the most heartbreaking thing you can think of like of course that's not love of course nobody should do that to you um but now they're so confused about what is love and what's not love because the people who are supposed to love them the most are the ones that are hurting them the most um and so, of course, they have pain. I'm not saying they have more pain than the person that they're doing it to. They just have a different... You just have to, like, look at it from both sides, which right. d- doesn't... Obviously doesn't make... It still never makes it okay. Right. Um, but, yeah. It's just an interesting thought process mm-hmm. that I haven't explored at all. Yeah. You know, to think about a rapist probably is, like, like destroyed already, you mm-hmm. know, in order to make a conscious decision to do something like that. Absolutely. That's terrible. Absolutely. But doesn't it make us have a little bit like more empathy even for like drug addicts like my parents? I get so angry at them. I'm like, you piece of shit. You like are literally disgusting. Like you're like a horrible person. You're you you come to my house and steal things from me. You take money out of my children's piggy bank. Like you do all of these horrible things. And then I take a step back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like they are like so hurt, so wounded. Like they feel like they can't get out of it. Like they don't know how to ask for help. Like I know that their souls want different and they don't know how to do it. And so it just gives me a lot of empathy for really everyone. I think we're all going through things that we don't talk about. Not to say that it's that bad on the spectrum, but, um, you know. Yeah, it's hard because uh, I want to say most of my life I live life with the least amount of empathy possible. And I know that sounds a little crazy, right? But Wow, and look at me. I'm sitting on the other side. <laughs> you're, you're very on the complete opposite side of this. Because when I look at something of that nature, um, I was talking to Cole Grover, right? Uh, we went to a, a, an open house for Fidelity up in Longview. So we were talking. It's a 45-minute drive. So we were talking on the way back. And, uh, and my whole theory is like, uh, kill him. Like, right? Like, I believe in death penalty for sure. Like, uh, murderers, uh, rapists, pedophiles, 
those top three, definitely. Like, and you do any of that shit, just kill them. Like, they don't even get a chance to try and... It, as long as it's conclusive that that happened... Right. I don't believe that they should be forgiven or even have empathy whatsoever for them. You know? And it, it's confusing to try and think about... I know that even a murderer or even a serial killer... You, you have to think about, like, what you're saying. Like, what happened to them to make them okay with what they're doing? Mm-hmm. And I know all that sucks and, and everything, but at the same time, does that... Again, you're saying nothing excuses the action, right? But at the same time, like, if nothing excuses the action, then why have empathy for them at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's a good question, but for me, it's like... Um... I view them from that lens of love. Like I am so like I'm so sorry you're so hurting that you would think that this is okay because that's ultimately so I'll give you an example when people when there's tribes um and I don't know which one but say like a, tr- a tribe of people when someone in the tribe acts out and does something that they they're not supposed to instead of shaming them and abusing them people surround them with love and yeah, they I've heard of that one. right yeah. and so think about it like that if that person would have really gotten what they needed um most likely as a child when they were developing their subconscious mind through like ages 1 and to 7 um, chances are they may not have done that. And so when I see those people, I'm like, I just have so much love for them because right. I, cause I just am like, Oh my, to get you to this point, like you must be hurting so bad, um, it, to hurt other people though. Cause they say hurt people, hurt people. I 100% believe that oh, that's believe true. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so then we go back to the whole thing about like, I, I'm very big on action, right? Mm-hmm. Like. And it's killing me to think about, like, so So then what? How do we fix this? What do we do? Well, for one, prisons should have therapists. They should have trauma release exercises. Not to say that these people will ever get out. Um, how many of them would even do that? Huh? Do any of the therapy or the trauma release exercises? I think... I mean, besides I think, out of boredom. Um, I think that... I think that a lot. I think you'd be surprised. But it's never... Nobody... These people, nobody has ever given them another option. Like, that, their life is what their life is, and they think that's who they are, and that defines them, and that's all they'll ever be. And if someone came through and say, hey, you're stuck in prison forever, but if you ever just want to talk about what's going on, like, I'm here. Eventually, that person would probably go sit down, I think. Probably. Yeah, and maybe at first they'll say, this is all bullshit, this is all, like, you don't understand, you don't, you don't know me. Um, but eventually I think a lot of them would get, uh, do a lot of healing and that doesn't mean that they're ever going to get out. They'll be stuck in there forever, but at least they can process some things that they've never processed in their whole life. Change the vibration a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To people who have maybe healed themselves. Because most people who have done things like that most likely think that they can never change and that there's something innately wrong with them and that they're fucked up. That's probably how they view themselves. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, I know that's a it's a hard place to come from and to change a mentality of that nature. Yeah, you know? definitely. It's... And I, but I also feel like on like a tinier scale, like a lot of us feel like there's something wrong with us, and that you know we're right. right. We feel unworthy and not enough, and all of these things. And I think that's a really human thing to right. feel. I think that's part of being human is feeling I think that a lot of people look at life 
and think, oh, I want that on social media and it's someone with like a beautiful life. But the truth is, is that that like that's just a small clip of their life, right? right? And I think that everybody has a full spectrum of feelings from sadness to joy, from like hate to love. We, we, there's not one person who a free, a feeling doesn't exist. That's just part of being human. And so it would be, it would make a lot of sense that if we see people doing things that we want, we feel like we can't have it or that's not for us. Um, but chances are the, that person's going through things too. You just don't see that. Right. Yeah. Or you do see it and that part doesn't matter to you. Right. You just see the other part of it that matters more to you. Right. Yeah, okay. definitely. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and so the other thing. I know that was the one thing, right? So then the second thing was, again, we were talking to Cole. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about, like, whether aliens exist or whatever, all that other crap. Uh, and he went through this thing where I guess there's... Oh, man. I would butcher his name. But okay. it's an Asian dude, um, white hair. He's on the Discovery Channel all the time. He was being interviewed. And I guess what he was saying was... <clears throat> um, because, again, I brought up the whole... There was another Neil deGrasse... I like that guy a lot. I mm-hmm. like... I understand the way he explains things. Yeah. Um, so he had explained... Somebody asked him whether he thought extraterrestrials existed. He's like, definitely, that's... that's yeah, 100%. You would almost be half to oh, be yeah. stupid to think yeah, they're Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, he's like, well, then why aren't they here and involved? And he's like, first of all, I think that they do get involved very, very small. Yes. Uh, but he's like, I think they came down and realized we're too stupid still and left. So, yes and no. Um, So, uh, there's um, extraterrestrials called um, reptilians. And we think of them kind of like a snake. The ones that live underground? Is that what you're talking about? Nope, different ones. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, the reptilians are kind of like snake-like. They're kind of like darker side. People don't really like them. They think that they like have more of an evil agenda. And what I've heard is that they work really closely with the government um, and then there's ones called the Greys that come off really cold, but they actually like want to help. So um, a few reasons why that I've heard that they haven't came down here yet. One is because if they came down here, it could cause a massive psychosis because then people have to question their entire lives of everything they've ever believed. And it could cause people to go into psychosis. So what you see, and that's worst case scenario. That's absolute worst case scenario. Best case scenario is they come down, people think the aliens are a threat. And so they stop with like um, racism and anything that they think divides people doesn't matter anymore. They come together and now they have a new threat, right? And um, That's best case scenario? Well, no, not really. Okay. But I mean, like, if, if it's psychosis or all coming together collectively, like, we would definitely want people to come together collectively. Like, that's what we would want. Right. Um, however, yes, so aliens want us to advance. They think we're really stupid. We, like, are basically the, like, like biggest, like, pe- they watch us, basically, and right. are, like, they are so dumb. They How can they not get that? Um, but a lot of aliens want to help and some aliens don't want to help. And so you have, and I'm not going to name them all because I don't know them all, but you have reptilians, Arcturians, Pleiadians, all different. There's so many different kinds. Um, there's ones that look like cats. There's a slew of them. Um, and, uh, 
And so you're starting to see now, I don't know, like when you go to the grocery store, you'll, you're starting to see, um, like, um, them coming out saying like UFO sighting. Have you seen any of that? Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's new. Like it's new, like it's new that the Pentagon said that they have spray a spacecraft, not of this world. Right. They've never released, they released that during the pandemic and nobody batted an eye. When right. normally that would be like a really big deal, right? But so they released it as they thought humanity was ready to hear it. Um. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And they released it during a huge pandemic, so that people are like, they can like see it, and they're like, okay, well, we got bigger things to worry about, kind of thing. And so what I heard, and I don't know this to be true. This could totally be a conspiracy. But what I heard is that. The first UFO landing or sighting is supposed to be in 2023, so it's supposed to be soon, and it's not going to be real. So it's going to be a false one from the government to enact fear. I don't know if that's real or not. This is just what I've heard. Um, And so, and we're going to start seeing a lot more of them. So I wouldn't be surprised if like in our, and I thought about it, I was like, in our lifetime, if, you know, aliens did come down and touch base and everything, it would be weird right now. But once we shifted through it and that was just the normal, then the kids that were raised, that wouldn't be weird anymore. It would just right. be something that, right? So I think it's going to be interesting. I, I don't well, know. I think that's the same thing with like, and I know this is a completely different subject, right? But like like racism. Yeah. Like our generation, like we didn't really see it. So it doesn't really exist for us. It's kind of a weird thought process. But like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, when we went I, to school, it wasn't as big of a thing. Like, you knew what it was, but only... I feel like racism was only pushed at people through their families. Whereas, like, I grew up in Los Angeles, right? So, like, when I grew, went to school, I was, like, one of three white kids. And so it was weird to me that, that like, what do you mean, like, black people are different or, or anything like that? Like, it didn't make any sense. So I think I think that's what I'm saying. Like, our generation... It wasn't as big of a thing as people who were segregated back then, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, our kids' generation, they're not even going to get it, you know? Like, because, like, just the, the loss of just it not being real. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, again, I've been to the I've been to the South and on that side. Yeah. And it gets nuts. Like, they're not... Sure. They're not where we're at on, yeah, this, on this coast. Yeah. But it's still changing positively, I think. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, and, like, I'm obviously... A, white woman I'm privileged I couldn't even actually speak to that because I don't know because I haven't been around it enough to know I think that people black families firsthand would have that answer of how often they experience it and so to me I mean the reason that I would say I don't know is because I haven't been around it enough I would just say I'm at least hoping that it's dying off yeah you know what i mean because you still see i mean it. I we're mean, definitely moving in the right direction i think people are standing right. up using their voices like coming together i think a lot of people like not to sound rude but that have been like extremely racist are dying <laughs> and yeah. so then that's not you know that's just a part of life right and so we're, we're moving forward <laughs> as humanity but uh so the thing actually cole was talking about mm-hmm. was that this asian guy from discovery channel um he had said that there's three different levels of of um of humanity Mm -hmm. right and so we're not even at level one yet once we get to level one then they'll be more in our lives and he's like it's uh the guy was predicting in the next couple hundred years the next hundred years okay we'll be about there to what will be a number one society and then it goes two and three Mm -hmm. three is like harnessing um 
like star energy. Oh, cool. Shit like that. So I guess they have that evidence awesome. to show that they see a star out there. Yeah. And then automatically the star drops its power by 20 to 30%. Wow. And that can only happen if someone is drawing yeah. power from there. Yeah. Right? So so there's like different levels. Like level two would be like uh, hyperspeed travel and uh-huh. shit like that. Whereas like once we get to level one, mm-hmm. then we get introduction to the people who maybe are level two, level three. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we just get introduced to more highly advanced level ones. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that was a really cool that uh, is. thought process, right? I mean, because yeah, because... And that was the thought I had too. As soon as he said the sun thing, I'm like, that's genius. Yeah. Because like our sun is like set to explode like a couple million years or whatever, right? A couple hundred million. We're not going to say who. But harnessing that energy not only would help us as a planet, but it would help keep it regulated to where it didn't do that. Yes. And it's just, it's it's smart thinking. Yeah, super smart. Uh, another the last thing I was gonna say is um, a lot of times there are UFO sightings, but you have to be at a certain vibration to see them. So I know that um, like uh, some people will be like, "Oh my God, can you see that?" And the person will be like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I can't see that." So it also depends on your frequency if you can see that or not. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, but like, why would that be a thing? Why? Why? Why, why would you have to be at a certain frequency to see it? So you have like dimensions, right? Like okay. So dim- like different frequencies. So that's bas- why some people can see ghosts and other people can't. Yeah, exactly. Because their ghosts are different vibrations of, of. And some people can hear them. They're like basically tuning into a radio signal at the exact like I'm listening to ninety eight point two. You're listening to ninety nine five. We're listening to two right. different radio stations. If you turn to yours to mine, so you know, and so- some people I think could just naturally can- are more gifted and see that and are clear. Uh, and and some people have to work i think we can all get there but i do think it has to do with like your frequency absolutely yeah that's a cool that's a cool thought process it's cool listening to you you're blowing my mind here on a lot of different levels i know yeah well i think a lot of people will be listening and be like this is like too maybe it's too far fetched for them maybe it's like too much of a huge concept but maybe in like five years they'll come back and be like, oh my God, I get it. Oh my gosh, it all makes sense or something like that, you know? Right. Um, and, and maybe I'm, maybe none of this is right. And to be honest, I'm okay with it all. Like I'm not attached to any of my concepts. I think that I have, I, I think that we will never actually know the full scope of it until we die. Right. right. And then on the other side, I'll be like, oh, fuck, I got all of it wrong. Right. Or maybe I'll maybe I'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I nailed that. Who or knows? Or even just I got these things right, but not yeah. these other things. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to you have to kind of hold things loosely, even like with the way that we view the world and our perceptions, hold things loosely, not be so tight with everything. Right. And it's just, you know, let it be fun and it, not be so serious. It's hard because I try and explain that concept to people like I always tell everybody, I would love to have a conversation. I don't agree with with what you're saying, right? Yeah. But at the same time, if you were to say it and explain it to me in a way that it makes sense, I'm more than happy to change my mind. Yeah. Because that or makes not. more sense. Or not. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe what you're saying doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't feel like you're right still. Correct. I can hold my own views. 100%. That's fine. Yes. You know? Like... But people getting upset about that is what sucks. Right, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and that just comes down to them thinking that there's one way to live, and if everybody doesn't believe this, then 
then everybody else is wrong. And I just think that that doesn't, that's not, doesn't make any sense. Like, absolutely not. You can't force people to see your lens. The way that we view our life is through our lenses of experiences that we've had. And we all have different lenses that we view life. Filters, distortions, illusions, things that we believe about ourselves that aren't true, that are true. So you can't expect everybody to view life through your lens. Yeah. So I had a conversation uh, this is going to get a little weird for you, probably. Really? You Maybe. think it could get weirder Maybe. than... Do you right. have another podcast that this is this weird? No. So, so I mean, I kind of just say whatever, right? So, yeah. the lens thing caught me. It really yeah. stuck out because uh, I was talking to somebody and um, I was telling her that, like, no matter what... Like, you've seen The Truman Show, right? I hate... Yeah, it freaked, it freaked oh, me out for too. a while. It I didn't ruined like my it. Life. Ah! I know. I yeah. wish I never watched it. I do too. But <laughs> at the same time, I try and put a better twist on it. Yes. Right. So, okay. so no matter what, this is this is the Tyler show. Yeah. And like what I had wanted at the time was I was trying to fix my marriage, mm-hmm. and I thought maybe bringing someone else in to maybe complete a circle that I I was felt that wasn't being completed. Sure. Right. Um. So someone that could love both of us the same, and I was talking about a poly relationship is what yeah. I was doing. Yeah. But um, you're like, I don't know, that sounds kind of crazy to Wait, me. Wait, who said that? The person I was talking to about it. Oh, they, the, they the were other, Polly. Th- no, well, so she was up to the idea. She wanted to listen to my thoughts okay, on it, got right? It. Um, and it was the person I was trying to bring in to mm-hmm. my marriage um, yeah. to talk about doing all that stuff. But of course, I want to have a conversation, right? I don't want to just throw everybody in a room and be yeah. like, anybody down? Right? Yes. I'm also not like trying to create a harem yeah. or whatever, right? Like that's yeah. not... I wanted... A marriage between three people, mm-hmm. not not like anyways. So um, I had explained to her like that it was just a conversation that kind of I blew my own mind with what came out of my mouth because okay. I was like, no matter what, it's still the Tyler show. And she's like, but well, like, how can you even ask her if she'd be okay with it? Because she, she was open to it. Yeah. Like, how could you even ask your wife if she'd be okay with something of that nature? And I'm like, no matter what, like it's gonna work or it's not. Yeah. Why would I not fight for anything that I want? Mm-hmm. You know, like why wouldn't I ask or, yeah. or try to make something that I want to happen happen? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make any sense because yeah. it's the Tyler show. Yeah. So it only really matters in my brain. Yeah. Like what is best for me? Totally. You know, and no matter what, like don't get me wrong, kids, spouses, all that other shit is going to come into play. Yeah. But that is still the best scenario for me. It's mm-hmm. my children. Right. Right. So, yeah that that was just. It was like one of those, again, I said it out of my mouth and yeah. I was like, wow. That so was good are shit. you willing to share if it ended up happening? We tried. I tried. And it didn't really work? Really hard. Uh, well, well, the way we started it was um, we all started hanging out together because I had talked to her. I had not talked to my wife. Yeah. Uh, because I knew it was going to be a little harder of a sell on that, sure. that side. But I wanted to make sure she would even be down yeah. before I tried. Yeah. Right? So we all started hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, we started hanging out as friends because she didn't really have anybody to hang out with. Mm-hmm. But as we all started hanging out together, I was like, this really works. Mm-hmm. Like you and I'm dragging along really well. Uh, she has a daughter. She's like six year old. She's, she's autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids handle it very well. Mm-hmm. And we were all having a really good time, yeah. you know, and it just seemed to mesh yeah. very well. And, uh, and that's when I had the thought and I, I asked her about it and, and she said, yeah. So we started hanging out a little bit more intentionally mm-hmm. to see if, 
like if they didn't even get along, this mm-hmm. is not going to work. Sure. I'm not trying to have two wives. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, it I makes... know that that's how people see poly couples. Yeah. Or poly- polyamorous fam- uh-huh. families. Sure. As, like, a guy has four wives, right? But that's not even where I'm at. Like, it wouldn't right. have bothered me if it was a dude. Right? If that makes any sense. Like, yeah. getting all together. It, it just had to work completely. Yeah. Or it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And so it was just... Uh, I tried, and they got along really well and everything like that. I think I just tried too soon. Yeah. Before they were, like, really, really good friends. Because they got along really well. Yeah. And I started talking to her about it, and automatically it blew up in my face. So oh, was like, okay. So, Andrea, is she's a very big narcissist. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there, uh, which is why all the things have happened that have. Yeah. Um, so, so, it was more of a, I'm not sharing you with anybody. Sure. And I'm like, it's a confusing statement to me because, long story short, she can share herself with whoever the hell she wants. Oh, and okay. And I can't be shared. Got it. Right? So it was that situation yeah. where I'm like, well, then what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I'm still trying to make this work. Yes. This is my last option. Yeah. So and you, that was like, in your mind, you're like, you know, if it's a mutual consent and that we both agree, then it could help our marriage. And if it's something that... We're doing, like, turning our backs to each other, doing it secretively, like, whatever was happening, then that's not okay. But what if we try this in order to, you know, benefit us both and see if it It was really my last-ditch effort yeah. to save my marriage. Yeah. Um, was. Do you know who Kyle Kingsbury is? Mm-mm. So, um, I don't know a lot about Polly. I've had clients that are Polly and... Um, and uh, he's Kyle Kingsbury. He has a, his own podcast, and he said that he's tried it, and that um, now he has a monogamous re- relationship with his wife. But he has had a few poly relationships with his wife, and he said each time it's like um, we learn to love each other better on like a, like a sexual aspect. We learn to communicate better. There's just so much that they've learned in each relationship, and now they're at a point where they have learned what they feel like they needed to learn and they're now they are choosing to be monogamous with each other um but during that time frame he's like that felt like something that had to happen in order for us to get here like the lessons that we learned and he's like and we're still great friends those people still come to my kids soccer games like we're all still really connected um we just obviously don't have any sexual um like things pleasures that we do with each other anymore um but yeah so it right context for the certain people other people probably not for them but because it's it's, it's got to be a perfect match for that to work sure on all levels on because it's just because especially if they're meeting your children like there's so yeah. much that well especially with kids involved yeah yeah of course but it so for me at that point like sexually that wasn't the biggest issue here right yeah. like so that that wasn't what i was i mean financially it made more sense mm-hmm. for the children it made a lot more sense i mean this this other woman was by herself with, with a with a six-year-old daughter right like mm-hmm. and i wanted to bring her in I, I was more about love yeah right i wanted to just create this household full of love mm-hmm. and if we could all do that we would be building each other up so much more i mean with two mothers in the house what wouldn't my children benefit from yeah you know what i mean and i'm talking i'm not talking about strictness or whatever right sure. but like what one Mother is having a hard time, or father, what, if one of us is having a hard time explaining something, maybe the other person has a little more life experience and can do that, mm-hmm. right? We're all here to build a family and these children and just all this stuff. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I was viewing it. And, yeah. You know, I wasn't just like, 
you're Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not yes. what it was about at all. Yeah, 100%. And uh, it, it was just, it was really frustrating because I think she couldn't see past just the sex part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I honestly don't care if you two go at it, right? Like, I mean, just like, that wouldn't even bother me at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just, it's a weird concept. And then you get into the whole, like, so she was born, um, she's been raised like LDS. Mm-hmm. That has polyamorous in it, right? But, mm. like, it's very religious-wise. Whereas, like, the man has had a household and he can have many wives. Like, yeah. it's the harem thing, I think. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's the way she looked at it. But it was also, like, bisexuality is not okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, fighting some thoughts and processes on that sure. for her was, was yeah. pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, because you can... You can think about something and maybe even be sexually turned on by it or whatever, but mm-hmm. as soon as it comes down to actually doing something of that nature, mm-hmm. like, then you have to decide if you want to be that person. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. sometimes there's no changing back. Yeah. Well, yes, but also, like... In um, some people's mind. I believe yeah. that's the way it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, like, my friend was into tarot cards, and at, okay. and one at one point I said... Oh, so you're like kind of like a witch or like witchy, and she's like, um, no, I don't want to be like put in a box, like right. of, of like labeled as such. And so I think, yeah, like yes, I understand there are descriptions to describe like people who are bisexual or straight and whatever it may be. Um, but also, you know, I think that yes, she'd have to get over the label of it, and so and that I think could you be said hard. that perfectly. There's a description. And there is a label. We should live in a world without labels. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like you kind of have to describe it. Yeah, you have shit. to describe it. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. how else am I supposed to fucking explain to you what's going on? Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> You're so, like, I can't use any words. <laughs> right. So you can describe who or how someone is. Yeah. Right? But you should never describe who someone is. Right? Like yeah. putting a label like, this is who they are and that is all. Like, yes. Like, they should be able to decide that, yeah. you know? And, and I yeah. love that. You can be able to describe people, but not label them. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, man. We've had a lot of good conversation. Yeah, this is... We went everywhere. Just about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Where are we at? Oh, geez. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Okay. What time is it? Okay, gotcha. My bad. Um, unless... You got more? No, but do you have a dad joke? <laughs> Yes, I do. Okay, good. Uh, first of all, we'll shout out first. Okay. Do you have anybody you want to shout out? Um, yeah. So if you guys like this podcast and want to know more, um, a few resources is Aaron Abke on YouTube talks about Law of One. Um, and if you want to know more, we briefly touched on uh, Manifestation. Uh, Manifestation Babe, Catherine Zinkina is an amazing um, resource to get started to learn more about Manifestation. And then lastly, Breathwork, because we just talked about everything. Right. Um, uh, Samantha Skelly is who I got certified to do Breathwork with. Or they can call you. Oh, yeah, or and you could call do me. do the breath yeah. through you. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm only doing virtual sessions right now. I was doing in person, but I've moved away from them since um, COVID. I just don't have a spot in my home now. I had one set up, and then I took it down. I don't plan on doing that again. That's fair. Yeah. You can do your, your own thing however you want to do it, right? 100%. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so I wanted to shout out... Um, Oh, there's a car going on. I can't think of their name now. I'm skipping it. Sorry. (laughs) 
You, you, I'm sure you feel the vibration of me wanting to shout you out. Yeah. Right? Oh my gosh. I have to say one thing. Go for it. So there's this dude, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but I was listening to him talk and he's like, I forgot to say something in one of my videos. So I went back and telepathically put it in my video. So you're probably going to know. And that just made me think of you. You're like, oh, nice. and I was like, I didn't get it. I, di I didn't understand. So you're like, my vibration, you know. And some people are going to be like, I wonder if they're talking about blah, blah, blah. And maybe they're right. They are right. No matter what. It, what that it, is it. Whatever it put in their mind, that is correct. If you think it's you, then that's you. Yeah. I got You ready for the dad joke? Yes. Okay. I can no longer take my dog to the pond. Because there's ducks there. And he's a purebred dog. What? I don't get it. Okay, I'll go again. I can no longer take my dog to the pond because there's ducks there and he's a purebred dog. Um, so I don't know animals very well, so is this like a joke about the, his breed? About... No, it's a joke that he's made of bread and they're ducks. Oh my god. <laughs> he's a purebred dog. I'm like, I don't get it. Yep. <laughs> okay, well I'm it. glad you explained it because other people might be like, um, I'm going to tell my husband that one. I thought it was pretty decent. It is so funny. Yeah. Now that I know what it is, it's so funny. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I didn't make it up. I heard it. But you got anything? Oh, I have to. Well, I mean. If you would like to, if you got one. Sure, but I think everybody knows it. Let's hear it. Um. So what do you call a pile of cats? I don't know. A meowton. A meowton? Yes. <laughs> no, I've never heard that one. Let's just get added to the to the whole thing of dad jokes. Yes. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Well, uh, this is Tyler Toby Townsend. And I'm Haley Parker. And uh, this is the Psychotic Strength Podcast. And uh, yeah, look for us on all the social media sites. And I appreciate you being here. Yeah, you're welcome. This was good. Yes. We want to get really deep again. Uh, we'll, we'll try this again. Yeah. And if you want to know about breath work, you can find me at, at Heal With Hay. At Heal With Hay. At Heal With Hay on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right.